Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, please. Chapter 3. We're going to pick up and review quickly where we were last week. Cover some new ground. Last week we saw in John 8, 31 and 32 that Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. And so I ask us all a question. Are you really, really internally free? How about from worry? What about from fear? What about from anger and bitterness? What about from lust or greed or jealousy? Are we really truthfully free on the inside? Jesus was talking to an audience that believed that they were free because of their genetic connection. We're children of Abraham. We've never been in bondage to anyone. What an ignorant statement. Abraham's seed in the flesh had been in bondage for 430 years to the Egyptians, much less the Babylonians. And now they were under Roman captivity when Jesus spoke to them. He was talking about being internally free. He said, everyone who commits and keeps on in a pattern of sin is a slave of sin. So we ask ourselves this, am I really free? And if not, why not? Because Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We looked over last week at Hebrews 3, and we saw what a, an incredible, uh, this, you know, if there's, something, if there's something to holy fear, and I believe there is, we ought to get a good dose of it. Chapter 3 and verse 12 says, beware, brethren, everybody say, that's me lest there be in any of you, you believers, an evil heart of unbelief in departing, walking away from the living God. Can I ask you something? In your relationship with God, is it real enough that you consider Him living? When you enter into conversation with him, do you consider him living or do you think he's some distant other out there that you can't get through to? You just hope you can say enough things right that he'll eventually listen to. That is not a relationship with the living God. 
Come up here just a minute, Joe. Now, Rep, I, I want you to imagine for just a minute that uh, Joe is God the Father. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <clears throat> I want you to imagine that this is God the Father. And uh, let's suppose that uh, on a typical morning, I get up and I say, thank you, Father, for a great night's sleep and for good health. And I, and, and I pray for those who don't enjoy the health that I do that you'll restore them. Hmm. I, need, I need to check my screen and see how the Braves did last night. How, are they... Have they lost first place now? Somebody down there in my favorite teams embarrassed me again. How are they going to handle that? I, hold, hold on just a minute. Can I ask you something? If you and I are having a meeting and we are talking face to face and person to person, and all of a sudden, I just go off on a, a tangent for 10 or 15 minutes on something else. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Thank you, Joe. Can I ask you something? Is it not accurate to think that my relationship with the living God is something that I don't really believe and have a revelation that he's really living and listening to me when I can personally get in such conflict of my own attention span that I don't even give him the embrace of my full attention when I'm addressing him. What is happening to me? I am beginning to drift away from the living God. I am not consciously practicing His presence. I am acting as if, oh, it's, all, it, it's always okay. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm distracted. He understands that. Wait a minute now. How well would that work in a living relationship of any kind when you are listening and then all of a sudden you just absolutely don't hear a thing and walk out of the room. How does that work? The living God. Beware lest you depart from the li living God. You say, well now, wait a minute now. I'm not so sure that he's even paying attention. I don't feel like it. Hold your place there now. I want to show you something. Go back to your Old Testament there to Psalm 139. In case you're wondering whether or not he's really even paying attention to you and the world you live in, I want you to see something here in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 Verse 1 and following, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Can I ask you something? Do you know how many times you have sat down and stood up 
just today. Do you know that your father is so intimately acquainted and so intimately involved in your life, he knows when you even do something as trivial as sit down or stand up. Let's read on. You comprehend my path in my lying down. You know when I'm in motion and when I am lying still. You are acquainted with all my ways. You know everything place that I go. There is not a word, verse 4, on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You're behind me and in front of me and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high I can't even enter into it. Where can I go from your spirit? Then he talks about the extremes that he would never get away from the presence of the Lord. Notice verse 13, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. You were at work when I was being formed in the womb of my mother. You know everything there is to know about me. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O God. So is it accurate for me to feel like that he's distant, that he doesn't know anything about what's going on, or is, according to Scripture, he is intimately acquainted with all my ways and sees every choice I make. He knows my thoughts in my words before I even think or speak them. Can I ask you something? Is there a God, according to Scripture, who intimately knows you? Our problem is not that he doesn't intimately know us. Our problem is that we don't intimately know him. So, back to our Hebrews passage, beware. If God gives us under the direction of the Holy Spirit a word of beware, we ought to take it to heart. What he's saying is you can depart, you can start walking away from the living God. God, give us revelation of your life. But you see, you don't just stop with asking God to give you greater revelation of your life. You've got to get some other people involved. Look at 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. In other words, remind everybody that God brings into your path and gives you opportunity to be, to, that word exhort means to encourage. How many of you know that encouragement flows right from the heart of God? Right out of the heart of God. What did God say the very first thing when He created Adam and Eve? This is good. And then gave them an assignment that He gave them all the power to fulfill. Affirmation. Encourage one another day after day after day so that there won't be a hardened heart beginning to develop through the deceitfulness of sin. We saw last week, and I'll put it again on your outline, that when intimacy with God starts to slip, deception creeps in. 
We begin to think askew. We begin to think things that are not true. And how many of you know when things get out of the gate of your mind, they get into the yard of your emotions and they will eventually get into the living room of your will. Intimacy with God begins to slip. It's the heart of all of our brokenness as believers. Deception creeps in. Our personal disciplines begin to weaken. We begin to make excuses and say, well, it's okay if we do this or think that or go here or look at that. We begin to get isolated from spiritual authority and, and uh, we don't come together with other believers. And even if we do, we're going to wear the mask and never admit we have a need. Can I tell you something? There is nothing holy about trying to pretend like you got it all together. Nothing holy about that. And I want to tell you, if you don't walk in an atmosphere of openness with somebody who loves you just the way you are, you are about to hit a ditch. Accountability is God's plan. Find somebody who loves you just the way you are, who will, who will love you just the way you are, even after you talk to them about your weaknesses, so you can hold one another not only accountable, but look, accountability is not to catch you doing something wrong. It's to reinforce you so you keep down the right path. God... Help all of us to get out of that place of isolation and pride and admit that we need other people in the body. Distance begins to develop in our relationship with God and with other believers. We begin to think wrong and choose wrong and an evil heart's beginning to develop. And remember that the start of all of that is the loss of intimacy with God. Do you know it is heartbreaking and sobering at the same time to me? Almost every week, if you're paying attention and watching the news, almost every week somebody in a place of spiritual leadership has an incredible crash. Fact of the matter is, the crash already happened. It was just now discovered. What happened? You can trace it every single time to one common denominator. Every time, no exceptions. A loss of intimacy with God. You take it a few steps further, and a lack of light and accountability. You take it a few steps farther, the poison of isolation. And boom. Boom. Don't sit there smugly now. Listen to me. Every one of us are one bad decision away from hurting a lot of people. And nobody is exempt. Amen. Oh God, help us to walk with the living God, with greater revelation of your presence. We saw last week at the end, how do I start rebuilding intimacy with God? I want to add a, a few things to that. This is not on your outline. Recognize, recognize that you've drifted away from the Lord 
and come back to him just as you are. Don't fall for the lie that you've got to clean yourself up. You come back to God. Stop running. Come back to him just the way you are. Repent. Turn away from that isolation and destructive patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. And reinforce those with accountability. Somebody who will join you in faith and ask the hard questions. Reinvest in rebuilding that intimacy. How would you do that? How would you reinvest in intimacy with God or anybody who is in a covenant relationship with you? Well, you got to reconnect with communication, don't you? Don't you begin to need to listen? You know, I'd like to make a suggestion to Steve and to all of us. Maybe one of the wisest things we can do when distance has developed in our relationship with God or with those that we treasure. Maybe we should say, tell me where I have violated you and I will listen and keep my mouth shut. I will not defend myself. If somebody knows that you will not defend yourself, then they will be safe and free to tell you how you've really hurt them. And even if they're wrong, the Holy Spirit will counsel them about that. You don't have to play Holy Spirit. Every time I try that, I don't do very well at it. Some of you can identify with me, amen? Renew communication. Listen. There's a time to talk and talk about how. You see, the great thing about coming back to God just the way you are is you can tell Him just how you feel. You say, that won't offend God? You know what, David, what God say about David? He is a what? Man after my own heart. Have you read the Psalms where David said, My God, why have you forsaken me? Seems like there was a man who never, ever sinned who said the same thing just before the cross. You can tell him how you feel, and he'll still love you just the same. You can come back to him just the way you are. Renew communication. Come as you are. You know, here's something else that we tend to forget. When we're rebuilding intimacy with God, not only listening, not only telling how we feel, not only renewing and rebuilding even accountability. 
But one of the best ways to renew intimacy with God is to repeat what He has said. If I were to say to you in private conversation, suppose I were to say something like this, you know, Scott, it's the way, it's what you told me three months ago. It's just like you said. And then I repeat what you told me three months ago. What does that say to Scott? He was listening. He believed me. He considered it the truth. Can I ask you something? How do you think it makes your heavenly father feel when you repeat his word back to him? That is affirmation. Those who are great encouragers and affirmers do this all the time. You know, it's just like you said. It is the Jim Black model for success, relationships and service. Are you, are, are you with me? Maybe we ought to make it a point if we want to rebuild intimacy. Listen, rebuilding intimacy has a lot to do with repeating what somebody has said to you because it says to them, this is valuable. He was listening. There's value here. There's affirmation here. Humbling ourselves, listening without judging or defending Speaking someone's word back to them. And then what about an attitude of thanksgiving and praise? What about if I say and believe with all my heart, which I do, this is the greatest woman I have ever had in my life. She is my soulmate. She is my wife, the mother of my child. She is the mother of this church. She is my world. Every one of those things are true. But shame on me if I don't affirm her in private and just wait to some time in listen you want to rebuild intimacy affirmation of those in your private world rebuilding oh there's so many things we could say but i want to close with this thing today and that is one of the ways that we have missed is the body of christ i have missed as a pastor god forgive me one of the things that we have missed is the renewal of vows. You say, where do you get that in the Bible? Jesus said, I have passionately desired, I have earnestly desired for you to take this meal with me. 
I have earnestly, passionately desired for you to take of the bread and the wine, for you to enter in to the Passover with me. That is my earnest desire. Do you know that something very, very special happens when you enter in to Holy Communion, we call it the Lord's Table, however you want to say it. Something special happens there. You are renewing your you are renewing intimacy with the Lord. You are not only renewing your covenant with Him, you are reapplying the covenant benefits of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. And Jesus said for all of those who believe and follow Him, don't forget, always do this in remembrance of me. That is, I want you to step in again to a renewal of your covenant vows, and I want you to reapply all that the broken body and the shed blood means to you. When you step in and you renew your vow, Lord, you said that if I truly believe and follow you, I will deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. I'm saying to you, Lord, it is not all about me. It is all about you. And so today, I am renewing my covenant with you. I am your man. I am your woman. I'm your disciple. I belong to you, come what may. And I am renewing, I am reapplying the benefits of my covenant that cost you your broken body and shed blood. I receive the forgiveness of all my iniquities. I receive the healing of my, of my sin. I, I receive, Father, that whatever you have done on that cross, that in that broken body you took on yourself my infirmity. You carried away my diseases. By your stripes I was healed. I receive now my righteous identity. I believe that because of that shed blood that you have wiped away all my sins and you have chosen to see me holy and righteous and blameless in your eyes. I receive the forgiveness of my sins. I receive that I'm accepted now in your sight because of that blood. I receive that now you are my Father and therefore you are my provider. You are my provider, not my job, not this world. You are my provider. Lord, I enter into that holy covenant and all the benefits of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. All of that should happen in the receiving of Holy Communion. This is not something that is tacked on at the end of a service or you ought to do every once in a while to be a real church. This is contact with the living God. I'd like for all of you to bow your heads, please, as we prepare to receive a renewal of this covenant. What are we talking about? Rebuilding intimacy with God. You know, the Bible gives us several ways, and this is one of them. I call it symbolic action. That is, that there is action in the natural realm that signifies and invites a transaction in the spiritual realm. 
as you receive the elements. I'm going to ask you as you come down and receive to be in a spirit of prayer, of renewing intimacy with your Father. Renewing intimacy with the Lord of your life. Renewing your covenant and reminding yourself and reapplying all the benefits of the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.